What's going on, man? Happy uh, Happy Friday, man. Typical uh, carrier fashion. We're starting to show uh, about 10, 15 minutes late. Hey, um, had uh, a problem driver we hired that we had to uh, day one actually fire him. So unfortunately, you know, things come up in trucking. But here we are. Sounds like the recruiter dropped the uh, dropped the ball on that one. Hey, uh, so he cussed us out over text message, and the recruiter said, uh, "I apologize." <laughs> so you did use a recruiter for this uh, driver yeah, recruiters. recruiter. Driver recruiters must have it worse than uh, you know, I don't. I don't do driving. I mean, it's do. crazy because at, like you know, drivers all sound very nice and professional, and then you know, once you get them, I mean, the moods can change you know very quickly with drivers. So I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't blame a recruiter for for a sweet talking driver ending up being a nightmare. I don't know. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, hey, well, John's backstage. Uh, just so we're just gonna talk kind of about a lot of different things today, guys. Just kind of whatever's on our mind, obviously. 371, uh, talking to dispatchers. Uh, Alex, as you can see, just trolls this guy all day long about him being accused of being a double broker. So probably probably touch on that. Um, and yeah, kind of some sales stuff. And yeah, what's, uh, let's bring John in. And uh, by the way, if you saw, John was on an earlier episode of ours, like, I don't know, three weeks ago. It was kind of more of an interview style. Today, we're just kind of doing whatever topics we have on so but if you yeah, missed that episode, it's on our youtube so call it a casual friday let's bring john in what's going on john hey what's going on guys it's happening john 35.66 percent rogers sir <laughs> yes sir is that your actual number is that what you came up with uh that's my year-to-date number that's correct I mean, I like 40. The the hashtag 40 seems to be trending. So I'm well, you know what? I, I like to I like to uh, stay with real numbers, and I don't like to you know do the you know say I'm not something. So it's not 40 percent. It's 35.66. But I still have about 20 loads to cover for the rest of the year. You think it'll go up? Does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, let's start off with, I'm sure John John and I have talked about this, but, um, you know, there's been a lot in the news about the carrier, the big TQL was forced to show a Raycon, and the, I used force loosely. I sounds like FMSCA made a phone call is all that really happened, but they had to show the Raycon. So I was, John and I have talked about this. I mean, how would you feel, John, if a carrier said, hey, I want to see the Raycon 371.3? Um, you know, what's kind of your take on that? I don't care. I mean, it, it's, it's, I, I really don't. I mean, so first off, I think there's a lot of agreements and I don't know what LDIs is, but they, I don't know if it's legal or not. Again, I'm not an attorney, but where carriers have to waive that during the setup pocket, during the set carrier setup phase. I know it's in a lot of them where you actually waive that right. But to my understanding, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong in the audience, but um, I believe you have to go to the place of business. So if anybody wants to come to Tennessee, great, come on down back. But uh, or maybe they have to go to Buffalo. I'm not sure, but um, it's it's not a big deal to me, you know. Um, it, it's it is what it is. They're not going to get any more, regardless of what they see. This is the market. This is what they're going to get. It's just the way I look at it. And you wouldn't be concerned if they called your customer and be like, "Hey, the John only paid me two thousand on the load okay. that you billed five okay. grand for." So my customers and I make an agreement. It's just like it's just like in any other sale. 
if I went and bought a car, and we'll use that as an example because that's commission sales in my previous career. As long as you make me w warm and fuzzy and I sign on a dotted line what you make, pay your mortgage payment, that's that's enough. There's no customer of mine that will care what I pay the carrier. There's none, zero. They don't care. Me and We made an agreement. My customer and I made an agreement on this number. What I get the truck for, as long as the truck does what they're supposed to do, my clients don't care. And, and, and I truly believe that. Someone said, do you ask Walmart what they paid for their items? That's, that's true. People don't Absolutely. Ask. I mean, Alex, that, was the whole, that was the whole thing that, um, you know, I was uh, kind of talking to Leffler about is, um, you know, where does the transfer, is this not a slippery slope? I mean, once we start requesting it from the brokers, then what stops the broker from asking the shipper? What stops me from walking into McDonald's and asking them their margin on that hamburger? And, and like you said, at the end of the day, I mean, it's not going to change what you're going to pay the carrier. You know, I mean, no, you have correct. five grand in the load. You own that freight. It's your freight. You found it. If the carrier wants that five grand, they should have found it. I mean, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Not to say it's not nice to have. I'm not saying we shouldn't be able to see it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You know, it's it's giving us you know carriers a little bit more power. But um, I mean, somebody made an argument that it's going to help people who don't understand how to quote freight as a carrier help them quote freight and i think we're looking at a larger issue where it's not the broker and the shipper's job to help carriers do their job correctly in the first place you know what's your opinion on this because uh, you know alex and i have recently uh, became friends with some of the guys over at the national owner operators association um, you know, they're, they're good guys. We don't always agree on, agree on things, but we've, you know, listened to some of their, some of their shows. And, you know, a lot of their point is, you know, insurance brokers, real estate, you know, there's a cut a set percent that real estate agents have, you know, why should freight brokering be different than insurance or real estate? Um, you know, and I think their reasoning, the reasoning, I don't care if it's seen is they, they think the average margin is 40, 50%. They think everyone's like John. Um, whereas really, I think the data shows around 15%, um, which is why I'm fine with it releasing it. But, uh, you know, they made an interesting point about the insurance and real estate, too. I mean, well, I think there's like that whole thing um, where it was something like if you tell if you, you we used to not, you know, companies used to hide the rates from company drivers so they wouldn't feel bad when the market was good. You know, the company driver, let's say he makes $800, the company made six grand. Um, it's discouraging for, for the company driver. I think nowadays, like carriers are telling the company, Yo, this is what I'm getting paid. I'm not getting rich off of you. The brokers are not making 50% margins on every single load. Um, I think, you know, transparency in this market is actually a good thing because you'll start to see, you know, it's not the brokers stealing all the money, every load. Um, company drivers will see, you know, the carriers are not getting rich right now for sure. So I, mean, I welcome transparency, honestly. Agreed. And, and, and I, for a little while, I had put my house in Florida for sale. Now, standard agreement is 6% in real estate, but I negotiated 5% to, to the broker who was going to sell my house. And here's the thing is if you don't put enough margin in the sale of your house, then people aren't going to come show it because they're not making enough commission. Everything in life is negotiable. Um, and I truly believe that. Um, yeah, my wife cried then, not my wife, but at the time, but because I walked away from a 
from the guy that I was going to buy her engagement ring from because I was going to pay this. And the guy's like, you know, I can't get here. And I'm like, okay, thank you for your time. And I walked out. So, and then he called me back, you know, less than 24 hours later and said, yeah, I'll take your price. I mean, everything's negotiable. Uh, and, and like I said, it's, it's um, my negotiation, but you know, I'm the sales force for the carrier and, you know, my negotiation with the customer has no bearing on the negotiation with the carrier. And, and I've said this a hundred times and I'll say it again. Carriers, for the most part, are poor negotiators. They, they really are. And I've said this a hundred times because the, the way I've got it scripted, and, and I'd like to record this sometime where I've got it scripted, you know, I, I pay attention to the area code. Because if I've got a load going to Texas and I see a Texas area code like Houston, I know they want to go to Texas. I know that. That gives yeah, me leverage. They're already behind on that negotiation from the minute the, the, their phone number popped up. Absolutely. Now, 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 sometimes it's not accurate. Like sometimes a carrier might be in Portland based that's calling on the load, but all their drivers are live across the country. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes sure. it has zero effect on the situation. But as John's saying, I mean, generally, you know, that that's the thing. That's a pro tip. That's like, the little things that people might overlook that'll always give you an upper hand in a conversation. Um, and I think like John always says, he lets the carrier go first. Um, I mean, I try as a carrier, I always tell the brokers, you know, like this is the rate I want. And I shoot them a rate that I actually do want. Like, let's say like today, for example, today, I can't remember the lane was um, Ohio to Florida, I think um, to get one of my guys home. And I told the guy, you know what? I want three grand for this load. I'm not probably going to get three grand for this load, but that's what I want. That's where I'm, that's my starting point. And I think it was posted up for 1900 and uh, long story short, we ended up meeting somewhere around 25, which was the, mm -hmm. my break even on that was 24. So, I mean, you know, you, you got to learn to negotiate and you got to not be scared because that's the thing in this market. Um, you know, when you come in really high, people are going to think, you know, you're uneducated. You're just throwing numbers and hoping they stick. But I'll explain to him, you know what? My deadhead's not your problem. I get that. But I have a lot of deadhead and it's my problem. And, you know, that's sort of where I start my conversations with brokers. And I try to get them to go first. I tell them it's no poster. What do you want? What do you want to be at for this? And, you know, a lot of inexperienced brokers will start first. And I mean, as you know, John, a lot of inexperienced carriers will start first. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> Yeah, I never was a huge, uh, John and I used to debate this too. I never was a huge negotiator. If it, I was more important to how good a carrier they were. So like I, I had like Matt's compliance standards. So yeah, I wouldn't work with a carrier that in the most part, there's exceptions, didn't have been in business for three years. Uh, if they had one or two small freight cards, I generally wouldn't do it because I had a lot of last minute freight where I had to be very quick. I didn't mind if it was a really good carrier, just giving them the extra hundred dollars and you know, going on to something else. Cause I, my first, what? three months in brokering, I had a lot of disasters. I had a double brokered load. I had somebody rail my shipment. I was like, I'm not dealing with this. I don't enjoy this. Like I'd rather do the sales on the customer side. If the carriers probably got an extra money out of me all the time and I was okay with it. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, Matt. You're the type of broker I hope to find every day. And uh, on the other end, we get John who I hope to never run into. There's a problem though. John is probably, if, if I give you a good rate and you screw me over, like I'll just yeah. be honest, John's probably a lot more friendly of a person to deal with. 
than if a carrier lies to me. And that was something that I said I need to work on a lot. But like, if I was paying good money and then you screwed me over or lied to me, there was like a big problem. So, yeah. I mean, John, what would you say in a negotiation with a carrier? Um, just like some general notes, like where they would go wrong, like right off the bat, you know? Um, well, well, like I said, when I negotiate, I mean, it, it's the same script overall, over, over and over and over again. And one of the things that I do is I want to try to gain the carer's confidence. And I believe there's really a lot of benefit to this. I, I really believe, and I've had carriers say this, like, wow, you sound like you've been doing this a long time. Well, I haven't, but I sent, but for them, they sound like I've been doing it for 30 years. So, I, I mean, I've just got this down, like, you know, hey, I've got a, I've got a, I'm sorry. Like, you sound like you're 70, you think, or something? No, no, no. It's just the way I roll it off. I say, you know, for example, I've got one I've got to cover on Monday. You know, I'll say it's first come, first serve, pick up till 430. And I say things like this, like, and don't be late because the population of the town is 42. So if you're there at 431, you're not going to get loaded. They roll up the streets, right? On the delivery end, it has, uh, it's a, the receiver's till 530 and there's overnight truck parking. So I add a lot of, in, in my sales pitch, I add a lot of extra stuff because I'm, because at the end of the day, I'm selling the load. And when I, and a lot of times by adding those extra few little points, overnight truck parking, if you back in, it's, if, if you pull in at seven o'clock, you'll be empty at 7.15. You know, it's first come, first serve. Whatever, whatever the caveat is, I, 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 I'll lay it out there. So the carriers are much more apt to, um, and, and this is just my opinion, are much more apt to maybe take my load at a lesser rate because they know that there's not going to be any surprises in the load. That I'm telling them I do this load three times a week, like clockwork. You're not going to have any problems. It's a good load. You're not going to get toe nude. You're not going to be caught off the load when your driver's driving 100 miles down the road to pick it up in deadhead miles. So I think a lot of those, and then from the other side of that is, is carriers just don't, they're, they're just not good at negotiations. And, 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 and I have, and I say this when I say like, I, I'm waiting for them to counter me. Like I'm waiting for like, I, you know, so they throw me out a number. Right. And then I say, you know what I said, I think we're oceans of miles apart. But I still want to engage them. I still want to, you know, I still want to see if we can make a deal and they just hang up the phone. They, yeah. they just they just move on they just as, move on as the carrier when things like that happen to me like today for example like uh, i told him three grand the guy's like buddy we're you know we're not even in the same ballpark and i told him all right man well let's get into the same ballpark and i dropped my rate i think by 200 bucks and he goes that's still too high and i told him, okay well you're still too low you know you gotta keep it back and forth the back and forth did you and get I, the load yeah i got i told you i got the load i think for 2500 yeah. Uh, that was the I same. Needed, I needed twenty four hundred. That was my break even going into that negotiation. Um, but long story short, a lot of carriers once they give you a number back and then you still decline them, that's it. Like you said, they're gonna move on and just say, "Well, it didn't work that time." I think you really gotta be persistent. And again, this all comes down. I made a post about this. You have to have an educated like rate. Like you can't be like New Jersey to Ohio. I need two grand. Like nobody's gonna pay you that and they're gonna think you're you're not you know educated on the lanes they're gonna think you don't run that lane often and they're not gonna have trust in you as a carrier because you you're coming across as you don't know what you're talking about um, I think I've, got another, I've got a 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think another point too is with negotiations. Like a lot of carriers, I don't think realize this, but how good of a carrier you are, your history with yeah, our company, your inspections, yeah. your how you sound on the phone, if you're clear, like what you tell me. Like if I think it's a terrible carrier, I'll just say my rate's 4,000. I'm not moving at all. You know, and yeah. I, because the base guy don't want it. But there's another carrier, it'd be great. I might tell him my rate is, you know, 4,500. You know, I mean, a lot of it would depend if I want to work with them or not. You know, but, I mean, so. I, I've had two beer. I'm on my second beer. So I want to tell you, this is, is that a Bud Light, John? Yeah, yeah, that's all I have. Um, banned in America. This is, this is, this is all I got. Sorry. Um, this is what I say, and it works and it makes them laugh. And it, so the guy comes out, hits me at $2,300, whatever the number is. I say, look, bud. I said, I've been married for 16 years. We all, all obviously know we don't always get what we want. Trust me. My wife has been wanting 12 inches for the last, 16 years and she's not getting and she's disappointed every day so we don't always get what we want and then they start laughing so i've done broke the ice right i said but i'll tell you what i can do i said i can pay you you know blah 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 whatever and then we go into that but i mean i i make them laugh i'm like look you know we're oceans of miles apart or i'll say you know like i said like i said i mean look you know my wife you know on those two times a month my wife is disappointed right because i've been married 16 years with two kids and just cutting up and having fun with the carriers. I mean, sales is fun. I've had, I've had fun selling all my life, make it fun, break the ice with the carrier. But at the end of the day, but, but one thing I've said, and I've said this a hundred times, always respect the carrier. I mean, I hear these stories where the carriers just, and, and Alex, you probably get it every day where they just hang up on you. I don't do that. Hey, we're oceans and miles apart. Looks like we're not going to be able to do business on this one. Maybe we can do business on the next one. You know, I don't want to leave that bad taste in them out. Yeah, I mean, I think and I've been bashed on LinkedIn for this opinion. I just made a post recently that said, hey, you know, like if a load doesn't match up that they call in for, you know, just see, talk to them, say, hey, maybe it doesn't work. This, that even Matt came on and said, oh, well, they don't have any time, man. It's a time game. They, they got to slam the phone on you to move on to the next person to slam oh, the phone on them. Ask John, is John going to, John, are you going to check with every single agent at LDI to see what type of freight they have if the load doesn't work out for you? No, like, it's just what's no. in your pocket, man. Absolutely not. Pocket, you know, like, but this is the thing. Brokers do this. This is the, the point of that post. It's not about you going and checking your entire company's freight. It's about me asking you, hey, this rate doesn't work. Can we do something better? And you say no and hang up like that just ends the conversation that ends like there's there's an example i had a load where i quoted let's say twelve hundred dollars more than i was willing to run the load for because i was just testing the waters it was a risky lane it was like chicago you never know out of chicago you can hit the jackpot so i told the guy let's say i need three grand i really needed 18. the guy's like no sorry bye hangs up like he could have mm. had my truck at eighteen hundred dollars, but he would never know that because he's moving on to the next guy, the next guy, the next guy. And part of it is a problem, I think, with the market too. I mean, I know a lot of brokers who operate like that. I would never hang up. I would just go tell them. I mean, you gotta respect somebody's phone call more than ten seconds, bro. Like, like you I, have twenty-five seconds to. to I think it goes both ways too. I mean, there's certain carriers that will hang up at, at the rate as oh. as well, but. Somebody brought this up. We should move to this topic. Let's talk about brokers lying to carriers versus carriers lying to brokers. Who gets <laughs> but just quickly, because I, I actually thought the same thing, but I saw the, the wording that said like uh, in white. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to it. Let's get into that topic. Then. 
Hard to hold brokers accountable for issues they create in carriers management and the drivers load life. I mean, I think there is a value. We had Travis Nelson on our show. What was it? Episode three, episode four. Um, I've had another couple carriers reach out. I mean, the power of the freight guard for a broker is something that can do a lot of damage to, to carriers. Um, you know, I will, I will say that, but I mean, carriers lying can also cost brokers customers. So, I mean, but sure. Just before we get into the consequences, like, uh, like about the, you know, this question, um, this was something I was meaning to bring up. I think we were talking to Leffler about, uh, uh, the act, man, uh, the transparency act. I think we're all fighting for maybe the wrong thing. You know, what plagues this industry for carriers uh, the most is not the transparency of the rate. I think we should all be fighting for some type of law or mandate to come in that says the broker's legally required to give you the correct pickup time, delivery time, pickup number, weight. I think we should be trying to push harder for mandates on correct information that actually, that's the biggest strain on a carrier. When you get a rate con and the weight is wrong, the pickup number is not there, the pickup number doesn't work, they sell you missed appointment, first come, first serve. Um, I mean, as a carrier, that's what I want to see being worked on. Not knowing what the broker makes on the load he got on his freight that he owns. Because at the end of the day, he's going to pay me what he wants to pay me regardless. I want to see some type of things come in where layovers are getting paid better, tonus are getting paid better, where there's some type of, you know, law, let's call it, or, you know, something like that, some legislation that says the, the rate con details need to be legally correct. Um, the pickup numbers, the weights, uh, all this kind of stuff is more important to me as a carrier than knowing what the broker has in the load. I mean, that, that's How's on time percentage. Is that a, is that important to you? On time percentage? Mm -hmm. yeah, like, hey, like, I like, think like, if we run the numbers on 13 episodes, you've been late seven or eight times. So <laughs> let's run your, let's run your OTP, bro. I disagree with that. I completely agree with that. But that's my thing. That's what carriers want. That's what carriers want to see. And I don't know why we're pushing so hard for broker transparency when we should be pushing harder for like better layover pays, for more correct rate con information, more transparency on the things that affect the driver every single day. Um, I think there needs to be a better system for fining brokers for, for lying about stuff. And $150 ton, that's just the cost of doing business at that point. I mean, you can just book four trucks and whichever one gets there first for the cheapest rate, you just pay two, three tonos. You're still probably ahead in that situation. So that's my two cents. That's my two cents. Um, John, what do you think? I, I, I'll i uh, let you uh, go on this one. But I mean, I think John knows his loads and he gives correct well, guns. You know, that's so. Yeah. So, so my information is always correct. If my appointment is 830, if that's what it's set, that's what I tender the carrier. I don't tender 730 to make sure the driver's there at 830. My information, 100%, everything that I tender is correct. If it's an ugly load, like I had an ugly, I had an ugly load just the other day and it was a multi-stop and the, and the, and the, the, the grocery warehouses weren't playing nice with each other. Right. And I told the guy it's an ugly load. I still talk the guy in the door. I think they respect me as a carrier and as a driver when I'm honest with them versus giving them some BS. No, and, sure. and, 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 and I do. My, my load is, is straight up. 
Yeah, I mean, the broker is going to respect the carrier for not lying. I mean, this I've told this to so many people. This industry at its core is so simple. If nobody lies to each other about these type of things, you're like, you know, if the driver's honest and the carrier's honest to the broker and things happen, you know, and you'll deal with them. You say, hey, you know what? Like my my deficit in region right now, I'm going to probably be late for this 30, 40 minutes. I don't know if you're honest with people. It's a lot simpler and, and to deal with those things. And also it this is. situation, that, that the comment that's on the screen right now, I have no issues with having, let's say, a $500 Tanu when the load's not ready for me. And if I have to pay, you know, a $500 Tanu to the broker when something happens to my truck, obviously within reason for carriers, you know, you can have a breakdown. And unfortunately, it's a lot more common than the shipper not having the freight ready. But I mean, as a carrier, I don't have an issue paying the broker when I have a bad fallout on a load. Like if I cancel load, you know, one hour to pick up on a Friday, I don't have an issue saying, you know what, I apologize for holding your load all day or since yesterday. You know, I have no issue with that situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, and I think a lot of it goes into track record too. I mean, every brokerage has a track record. If your truck breaks down three times in the last month <laughs> and you have three drivers, like yeah, sorry, it's like a twenty twenty four. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's some <laughs> off chance, but I, I'm probably never using you again. I'm probably never booking you to begin with if you have three trucks and three fall offs in a month. Um, no, but I mean, I, I do think you know that Tonus and you know those are underpaid in general for for drivers. I mean, those are some of the the biggest stories. Biggest stories I hear and, you know, emphasize with, you know, on the carrier side is just, you know, more brokers so, saying. So I agree. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. I, so, I mean, this is, and this is a broker talking. I agree 100%. 150 bucks is nothing. $25 an hour is nothing. But unfortunately, that's driven by the shipper. Could you think, that, and, and if, if I called any of my clients and I said, you know, the carrier wants 100 bucks an hour. The, they're they're not going to pay it. If I sent them an invoice for that, they're going to push back. Now, there's nothing ever written, and I and I've researched this. There's nothing ever written. So whoever made up this fifty dollars an hour and two fifty and one fifty one fifty layover two fifty tonneau and fifty dollars an hour. That's a handshake agreement. There's no law. There's there, no yeah, there, there, right. There's no law, no rule, no nothing. Nothing's written. This was oh, something that may have happened. One dollar. They don't owe you one dollar. You're Correct. actually lucky to get any type of accessorials because that's a handshake deal. But what about being smart when you're booking the load too? I mean, a, a lot of carriers, and this is this is my take on this too. Like, if you're booking with XYZ carrier that has a one-star Google review, I mean XYZ broker, one-star review is notorious for not paying tow news, not paying detentions, and you book the load with them to make an extra two hundred dollars, and then you get into a bad situation. It's kind of like, well. You took that risk. You got to research look, who you're working with. You know, look, how how many complaints? If we scoured the internet today, does and and we can say we can do a lot of brokerages, but let, but let's just use TQL because they're big. They I, knew, I knew I knew that was the name. Yeah. That was right. So 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 here's the thing: is all of these so all of the negative press for TQL? They don't pay me this, don't pay me this, but they still cover their freight. Every day they move 10, 20, 30,000, whatever that number is, being a, 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 being a, a carrier that's uh, you know the second largest in the United States or the world for that matter, they're still carriers are still accepting the freight, knowing 
that they might get $10 an hour. They might get zero. They might get 25, obviously up to the sales reps discretion. And they still work with TQL every day. Yeah. I mean, I think this comment, like it comes down to the fact that like we had just talked about the tension layovers, Tanus, none of that is a law. None of that is in the contract. I mean, like it's on some recons, this and that, that is, that is mm -hmm. a handshake deal, you know, and brokers know that and brokers take advantage of that, but that's the ones you should like, you know, that's the ones you don't want to be running freight for constantly. Like, you know, if you have a broker and they don't pay you a detention or a layover or something, you will try your best to avoid them. I mean, the 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 best brokers I have, I send them a detention request. My new rate count is in my email within 10 minutes. I send them, hey, I need a layover, an extra stop fee. My best brokers that I partner with, that comes to my email within a half an hour, every single time. That's already built out the same day, the same night. And I mean, when you're dealing with spot freight, you're going to catch you know, mm -hmm. the bad apples. And those are the ones you run a, a load here, a load there. If they ask you, hey, help me out with something, no. Like, I mean, we have to align ourselves with the people that, that treat us correctly. And that comes from the carriers and the brokers. I mean, you have a carrier burn you three times in a row, you're going to keep giving them freight, expecting a different result. Like, Insanity. Mm -hmm. Definition of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Literally. Uh, that's the same thing with brokers, though, when you guys, and that's where John and I disagree sometimes, like, I'm not going to sit there and argue for an extra 50 or hundred dollars if the carrier wants it, give it to them. And I see so many people, they want the next 50 or hundred dollars. They'll book with a sketchy carrier. And then, you know, <laughs> I tell John that when he says he got sued by a double broker, I'm like, well, John, do you think he tried they to lost. negotiate? But they, <laughs> they lost, but did you negotiate hard on that load that you, uh, you ended up with the double broker suing you? Like, I don't I want mean, to. I think the answer's in his name. Like, uh, I think he negotiated pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, look, at, look you got to negotiate like your life depends on it. Because, because my bank account depends on it. I mean, look, look, if, I, I mean, I've had, I've had carriers, you know, say like, and this is very common. Hey man, are you sure you can't give the driver? I don't know if it's the driver or the carrier. I don't know if they're a company driver, they're an owner operator. They can tell me they're an owner operator or a company driver. I have no idea, right? Can you not give him an extra 50 bucks or an extra hundred bucks? It, you know, if 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 I gave in to every single time that I've been asked that question, that would be twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars a year that goes in out of my bank account into somebody else's. Business is business and business can be brutal sometimes. You know what I, I mean? mean? So I lost the load today and my truck still doesn't have the load for tomorrow due to this negotiation. I walked away from a load today for eleven dollars. Because it was already, eleven bucks. It was already a load that wasn't, you know, I didn't love the load to begin with. But I told the broker, like, and it's a broker I know, that's the funniest part of all this. I told her I need that $11. I don't care if it comes on the rate con or if it comes to my Venmo from you and your pocket, but that $11, that's what it's going to cost for my truck. I didn't get the $11. Somebody took it $11 cheaper. I'm not mad about it. Cause like you said, no, no absolutely year, not. At the end of the year, that $11, 50, 20, 25, 11, 20, it adds up. It's your money. You need that money. It's yours. Go take it. Don't give it away. Absolutely. Let's talk about this too, because John's an agent. So uh, speaking of which we didn't mention, we are sponsored by HD Ships. Uh, they are a premium agent program. Their logo is 
in the right-hand corner. But I, I see this on the recruiting side all the time. I was just talking to someone today. They get paid 3% commission. So think about it. If they save $100, they make three extra dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah, but if $3, bro, I just lost an entire full truckload shipment for 11, like the cost of a Big Mac and a Coca-Cola, bro. So this is something that if I ran a C.H. Robinson or, or one of these bigger operations um, and you have a W-2 employee, a carrier sales guy, it's not his money. It's not his money. You know, he's he's ready to go to lunch. Oh, man, it's eleven fifty eight and the carrier is asking for two hundred more dollars, one hundred more dollars, whatever that number is, 50 more dollars. He just gives it to him. It's not his money to lose. There's a very different aspect when you're a business owner, when you're an independent agent. You've got to change that, that the way your mind thinks about that. You really do. And, you know, if, 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 and that's where training comes in. So if I owned, you know, or I ran or, or, you know, one of these big organizations, I would put training at the forefront of, of, of the business. We're going to train on negotiation. We're going to train on carriers. We're going to listen to phone calls that I recorded from carriers on how we can get better. Because a, a big organization like, like I said, some of these bigger box 3PLs, that $50 multiplied by $100 a day, multiplied by 10,000 loads a, a month or a year, however, you know, because I mean, the, these big organizations. So I get the emails where on my client, you know, we get these big lists. And if you ever see a list from like Redwood Logistics, and I'll use them as example, they'll send out a list and they may be 300 loads on this big list that they send out. Think about 300 loads if those carrier sales reps, because it's not their money, give away an extra 50 or 100 bucks times 300 times, you know, five days a week times 52 weeks a year. That adds up to a lot of money. But I think you need to pay that, your pay your people better too will solve some of that issue. Like I, I see it on the recruiting side too. The teams that have the best carrier sales departments, and I, I, I talk to brokerage owners about this, they pay their carrier sales team very well. And that I mean, is less conflict. Pay people I've, more money, you, they're probably going to care a yeah, little bit. More, but then this is the thing, you know, um, as brokers, well, like, because this started happening on the carrier side um, over, because I've been through a couple of companies. It took me a while to find somewhere I was happy with. And mm -hmm. um, I've seen how, you know, these massive carrier operations kind of work on the carrier side. And um, they started introducing like commission kind of things where it's like, you can have a percent of the gross, you know, and that starts to breed a situation where you're going to start to fight over that $10, $15, $20, because you're going to have a piece of it now. Would you agree that putting some type of percent commission system in place would motivate brokers more than just saying like, oh, here's a better base salary? Well, well I, I've posted about this a lot. If I was going to negotiate, me as a sales guy and i've been in commission but i want to negotiate my sa a better a better commission than a salary so um I, I spoke to a gentleman during the f3 in chattanooga um a couple months ago and you know i got to know how some of these and he worked for steam logistics right so it's a forty thousand dollar base and it's 15 percent once you reach over forty thousand dollars 
Just gonna keep yeah. slapping these up every time you mention a, a different broker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, so hey, so John's for me, with, John's good friends with Steve, aren't you? I mean, you talked. Well, I mean, I mean, we've talked. I mean, I, he's invited me up to his place. You know what I mean? And I've not made it up there yet, but I mean, but the point I'm trying to make is, it, it you got to move to really move the needle in your income when you've got to get when you got a forty thousand dollar base and you're only going to hit that fifteen percent. Once you do 40, once you get to that, um, you know, $40,000 number in gross profit per month, I mean, it, it's demotivating to some people. It will be demotivating to me. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit my bonus. I'm just going to get my salary. Or I'm just going to get my draw. So why do I give a shit how much money I give away? It's the same way in the car business. You know, if I'm going to make a mini deal, would they could hold on the trade and some other things in the car business to make more gross? People will take the path of least resistance. It's just human nature. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just human nature. People will always take the path of least resistance. And if those are no financial incentive for me as an employee, I'm just going to give it away. Let's just give away the farm because I don't because there's no incentive. Man, now, once would, once you put that incentive there, that changes the outcome. That changes the outcome. Man, it's just I the way it works. This once in my entire life in business, to be honest. But I was fighting one time for for a five hundred dollar layover because the broker messed me up. Like it wasn't a standard layover, and that's my like carriers. If you ever want to get more than two fifty layover, the sentence always has to say. This is not a standard layover situation. That sentence has got me paid thousand dollar layovers in the past. Uh, that's just that that sentence is powerful. But long story short, I was negotiating, you know, a five hundred dollar layover, and someone in my office told me, like, bro, they already sent the two fifty layover. Like, just take the two fifty layover. Like, it's not your money. Why do you care? Like, you know, you don't have you have no stake in that negotiation. Like, it's not our money. It's not our company. Who cares? I told him like. I just care like for me, you know, like I just have like a personal like I want like I just want to take that money from that broker because I know I can get it. You know? And in the end, I did get it. It took like three, four days. But... Right. I, I've never so I've never had that happen. I mean, like we're I make a decision on layover detention right there. Like I, I make that decision on the money. It's my call. And um you know, I don't, I mean, two or three or four days, I, I, I've never, I've heard about that happening, but I've, I've never had to do it. Yeah. There's a I lot mean, of horrible commission plans out there. I mean, you know, I, I think somebody said, uh, just work off straight commission. And there are some, I used to think that too, that's the way I would prefer it. But there, there are some reasons to you know, why, you know, some people might not want straight commission. Whether it be I mean, I think it comes down to financial stability. I mean, as a young adult myself, um, you know, obviously I've been living alone many years now. I think it comes down in waves when like, if you have some savings or you have some family to help you out or, you know, if you, if you have more of a uh, financial stability and people behind you, it's a lot easier to say like, yeah, I'm going to go take this commission job. Like I'll make either 20 grand or, or nothing, you know? But I think a yeah. lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, a salary, that's stability for them. That makes sure all their bills mm -hmm. are getting paid every month. And I think when you're living paycheck to paycheck, it's not easy to say, yeah, give me 90% of my pay on commission. It'll be great or it won't be, you know, um, it's, it's tough. It's a tough it, economy. It, it, you, Alex, you're absolutely right. It is a tough, I mean, I've hired, you know, probably over a thousand salespeople in the car business. 
it, it's tough. You're, you're basically betting on yourself. Yeah. Literally yeah. putting all in on yourself every month. Right? Absolutely. And, and that's tough. And, and it's tough. If you've got a wife at home, you've got two kids at home. I mean, I get it. And, and commission sales is not for everybody, but the risk reward is, is phenomenal. Right. You know, I come and I'm, and I'm very transparent here. So when I decided, so I didn't know, and I'm going to be honest with you. So when I went to work, for Arnell Care, Global, which is Arnell Care's 3PL. I didn't know the difference between a truck, a reefer, a flatbed. I just yeah, passed them on the road. There's a service. Like, everybody I, when they're starting I, didn't, I didn't know shit. I didn't know shit. And then, and then I get into the job, right? I didn't know that they were agent programs. I had no idea. A guy named G quit, went to work for LDI and went to be an agent for LDI. We had stayed in touch and he's like, dude, man, I'm making blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? And I had a carrier say, ask me to come to develop his brokerage. Uh, and I still work with this carrier every day. I'm actually going to go see him on the 28th. In, uh, yeah, they're in Ohio. And I'm actually going to go see him on the 28th of this month. And here's what's, what's cool about that. If he's like, dude, you could, you could like come to work for me and build out me a brokerage. And I'm like, um, and I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, you didn't know about agent programs and being an independent agent? I said, well, shit, no, I had no idea. So then I started to do some research, right? Then I started to, you know, to, to kind of, you know, talk to G a little bit. And I'm like, really? So I can make 70 cents for every dollar I make? And then, of course, I'm working for r and I'm seeing what kind of money I'm making these guys, right? I mean, I was I was hauling this hand, sanit uh, hand sanitizer during COVID and moving tanker loads of ethanol out of Oneida, South Dakota. And dude, I'm making like five grand a load. I'm like, shit. So I'm like, so I leave, start the agent program and then make like 68 grand my first month as an agent. But the point I'm trying to make is I didn't realize this business was that lucrative at all. You know, you know, Mark Hedges has a comment here which we talk like 400 times a day. I'm actually going to meet him on the 28th as well. Salaries are people who are scared of making money off their own work. And there's a lot of truth to that because the, I mean, because it's scary because you have a wife and she doesn't understand and you've, you've got kids and you've got all these things. And there's a guy that I'm actually going to have lunch with tomorrow. His name's Cody. And he had worked for a big three PL here in Chattanooga. And I was going to try to work something out with him. Um, to where he becomes an agent of something. He did. He did. He did. Uh, he was in Chicago, just flew back, and his dad's doing the work. His dad, I just, his dad was just here putting the concrete stuff in for the pool. And me and him are going to have lunch. But like he told me, and this is his words, not mine, John, I needed to have that salary. I'm just in a place in my life, I need that salary. I don't know what it is. Don't care. It's none of my business, but he needs it. But am I going to stay in touch with this guy? Because he's a winner and he is somebody that can excel being an agent broker and do very well. So, I you know, I mean, it's on, not for everybody. Yeah. I think it depends on the person too. Some people like there's, there's a W2 company. I know I'm really good friends to one of their recruiters. They're actually going to come on their top 25 brokerage. Um, they're actually going to come on the show at some point, but I mean, they have an amazing culture. They pay their reps 30, 35% plus 
a healthy salary. Nice. Um, do nice. A lot of, one of the best comp structures I've heard. They don't have any, I, I tried to get their business for recruiting. Obviously I had no luck because they don't have a problem getting talent. Um, they don't have non-competes. I mean, just a really good company. And a lot of people, you know, I would see if you work at a company like that, you know, I mean, if your company's good and you like the people and the culture, I mean, there's, I'm 1099 right now. I was a 1099 agent. You know, I obviously have a bias towards that, but I also see the other side of it, you know, just talking to people too. I mean, there's definitely reasons to be W2 and some great companies. You know, to be I think we have an issue on LinkedIn mainly and just as a culture, a hustle culture where we only shine the light on the success stories. And I mean, obviously, John, you're doing well for yourself. You're obviously one of one of the success stories in that that situation. But I think, you know, you don't see the people that failed. You don't see the consequences that happened. You don't see the people that got evicted because they, they took a chance on themselves and failed. We don't see enough of the, the failure. And, you know, everybody gets that idea. Like, I'm going to go be a freight broker. I'm going to make 150 grand my first six months, my first year. Like, we're just kind of selling dreams to people. And I think a lot of people that have never done logistics, first of all, you don't know what you're walking into. Like if you're like a college kid and somebody's like, Hey, come work at like, you know, some brokerage. You're like, Oh, this will be a cool job. Nine to five, you know, eight to four, bro. Like so, to make it in this industry, it's a lot of work that goes into that. It, 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 just, so go ahead. No, I just want to say real quickly, this reminds me, there's a, a lot of guys in recruiting, they get a certificate from this particular guy on YouTube from his training show. And then they go on and say, I'm qualified to be an agent or I'm qualified yeah. to be X, Y, Z. And they don't know. Yeah. Just they the quickly, class, you know, yeah. like, quickly touched on that. Like you can't teach this job. Like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Get your certificate. Good for you. Good luck with that. This job is hands-on. If you don't sit in that chair, you don't touch freight, you don't touch trucks. Like you're never going to learn enough from like a YouTube guy. Like, a, you know, you're never going to learn enough of what you need to know to deal with like real world situations. Um, so I mean, for all sales, is different. It's teachable. Sales is a lot more teachable. Like that is all sales. Of of all sales jobs always talk about the big money. So there's a there's a rule you can look it up. It's been around forever. It's there's some really smart guy. It's the eighty twenty rule. Twenty percent of the people in any business make eighty percent of the sales. It's just the way it works. I was in the car business, obviously, for over 25 years, and I had two superstars, but I had 20 sales guys. Two of those guys would do the bulk of the sales. The other guys are the other 20%. It's just the way it, it's, it's it, the 80-20 rule is, is, has not changed over time. And when these companies hire, whether you're a car, cars or anything that's commission-based, they always focus on those 20% guys. They always do. They never focus on the bad. They never focus, well, you're going to have, you know, like if I was doing a, you know, if I was selling a freight broker job, you're going to, phone's going to ring at two o'clock. The carrier's going to fall off at the last minute and all of these other things that's going to happen day to day. And I think that's what happens in the recruiting. So these three, these big box 3PLs get these really pretty recruiters. Have you ever seen an ugly um, recruiter, like female recruiter. They're all pretty, right? They go to these colleges. They set up yeah, the booths. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a trip. They set up the booth. They set up the booths. Yeah, they set up the booths and they, and they talk to these guys. And what do they do? They sell ping pong tables and beer. They sell this great frat party culture. 
and they focus on the guy. So they don't take the guy, they don't bring the guy to this recruiting event that's the bottom 20% or the bottom 10% or the bottom 40% for that matter. They bring the guy that's been there 10 years that landed Dick Sporting Goods that's making, you know, that $400,000 a year commission or the guy that's, you know, that's, that, that's who they're bringing. And then he talks it up. Oh, yeah, if you do this and you do this and you do this, you can be just like me. But, and, and, and because if everybody could be like him, there wouldn't be a 90% turnover rate yeah, in this And there wouldn't be a him at that point because if everyone could be like him, then the money would just kind of plateau for everybody. And you wouldn't have, you know, like you wouldn't have the guy at the top anymore. You just have a Absolutely. Bunch of people in the middle. And I mean, well, you guys should touch on this because I don't know. Obviously, I don't have any skin in the game to, to make a comment, but it stuck out to me like, the big, big box 3PL is going to convince you without their tech and whatever, I don't know, you guys will know better than me, that you can't go out on your own because you need their tech and their their stuff. And that's in summary no. of what that comment's about. That That's so far from the truth. I, I mean... I figured I mean, that. Yeah, it's so far from the truth. I mean, I can buy the, the, uh, the Tim guy. You know, I can go get his TMS for $99 a month. I can go get a bond for 75. Yes, yes, that's him. I can go buy uh, yeah, great guy. I can buy a um a get a bond for 75,000, which I actually looked at that. So they base it on credit score. Um so like I could I, this is something I looked at two or three years ago and never went forward with it, but I thought about separating myself from EDI and just doing it myself cuz I have the money that I can float the receivables, right? I mean, I, I can. I can pay the care flow receivables. I wouldn't have to have um, – I wouldn't have to use a factoring company or anything. So I thought about that. The bond was like I, – I for me, it was like 700 and some odd dollars a year, right? So 700 bucks a year, $99 a month, build a TMS. Uh, you know, of course, the problem would be getting credit, you know, from the carrier standpoint, right? You got, you know, brand new brokerage, you know, so – and I have a – as a carrier, I've run, unfortunately, um, I've had to do this a lot more uh, recently than I've done in my entire life. But um, And I've also had the pleasure of working in smaller carriers where I'm directly tied in with the, the owners and the bosses. And we, we make that decision together as a team. But if you're a broker with no credit and Triumph or whoever declines you credit, all you have to do is be able to pay ACH and Zelle with no fee, 50% on pickup, 50% before you get the POD at delivery. I will haul your freight. I will not haul your freight if you don't pay me the 50%. I will not haul your freight if you try to charge me a percent because you don't have credit for a quick pay. That's not my problem that you don't have credit. Um, you know, as right. a, a broker without credit, you just have to have the capital to do that. And I mean, I'm not sure how that works on the broker side, but from well, I mean, I have the cap. I mean, I mean, I can have the capital. I mean, I got some. I've got yeah. some clients that pay on sixty days. I mean, they're big clients, right? So they can leverage that. So they can say, "We're not going to pay on sixty days," but I can float. I mean, like one client that's a sixty-day client, I billed them probably one hundred and sixty thousand dollars last month. Last month. Yeah, probably 160, 200 grand. Well, out of that, if my cut's 30%, I've got to pay that other 100 and whatever thousand to a carrier. I can float that. I can. But that was my concern and why I didn't do it um, because I wouldn't have the credit with the yeah. carrier. And, that, and that's the reason I didn't, for, I didn't move forward and I just stuck with LBI.
I think that's why if I were to ever own a brokerage or do something, I would try to buy a brokerage that's been in business for one year or take an investment on that because that, that's the yeah, biggest so problem. How do, we, like, how do we view that? How do you guys view that? Because, I mean, obviously, I know on the carrier side, if you buy an MC number, that's some dirty thing to do. But, like, buying a brokerage, is that seen as okay as brokers? I mean, just I, I, don't, I, I don't know. People buy brokerages all the time, invest yeah. in brokerages, sell brokerages. I mean, it's just like any business. You can buy, sell, invest in it. I mean, I see that all the time. People yeah, raising, honestly, raising venture capital. With people buying an MC number or buying a brokerage, like the only thing that – like I always say this to people. It doesn't matter who's booking the freight, who's doing what as a carrier – as long as the MC number that they gave you is the MC number for the truck that comes to pick up that freight, it doesn't matter. Don't think about anything else that's going on. Just that truck has to match that MC number. As long as that happens, then you're doing good business. There's nothing wrong with you. You could dispatch, you know, let's say, I mean, you can dispatch 10 companies if you want. Let's say you own all 10 of them. I'm not, I'm not going into the ethics of any of this, but mm -hmm. if, you give a broker an MC number, and that's the MC number of the truck that picks up their freight. I don't see the, I don't see, you know, no harm, no foul, in my opinion. What about double brokers? We got to get into before. Yeah, we got to get. Into we got to get into a, you being accused of a double broker. But I got to be. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back in a second. But you've been trolling this guy all day on LinkedIn, and then you show up late to the show after trolling this guy. So we got to hear about this. So. John, let's go through for two minutes if you want to do this way, wait for Matt, because I don't want to get into any big topics. Hey, I no problem. Negotiate like a load with you, like you know, like some some fake negotiation. You know, maybe you have a load in mind. Um, I'm not sure of the markets, to be honest. For for driving, it's a little tough for me to be able to to play play with you there. But I mean, like, what's the load trip today? Uh. Let's see. What did we pick up today? One second. Uh, Try not to pick West we, Virginia. We, I've never really been there. Yeah. Well, well that 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 case. So yeah. so let's do. Um, uh, everything's no coming. Virginia, everything everything's coming in and out of West. Swear to God. Oh, <laughs> here, here, here's a good one. Um, uh, well, hazmat reefer, Tampa, Florida oh, to Fresno, oh, California. I mean, oh, I, that's oh, I got all, all the other stuff that's not West Virginia is all hazmat stuff. Oh, hazmat reefer, come on, John. Yeah, how, yeah. how much I hazmat mean, reefer you think I ran in my life? But. Well, exactly. Okay, but let's go through that. I mean, okay, obviously, I have no idea what that's supposed to pay. But what is that? <laughs> like, what did you pay for? I'm curious. Two, two buck, two hazmat reefer, two bucks a mile from Florida to California. Two twenty seven hundred miles. Is that North California or South? Fresno, um, Sacramento. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, kind of yeah. north. Yeah. I mean, I don't obviously. Like I said, that's I have no idea. What but to going. those, so to the, but to those hazmat cares in this market. So I had to pay a lot more several years ago, right during COVID. But um, for like a few years, I have. I'll run two hundred and I'll run. I'll run that lane two hundred and fifty times this year. This what year I'll run that line too. Price. Well, what's the highest somebody ever like? What what is what's the highest you put it on a truck for? Uh, during profit, John's made like ten yeah. grand. So I just hold on. Pays the care. What do you uh, pay the carrier back? Hold in on, hold on, hold on. Well, I'm going to tell you that answer. Hazmat reefer, Florida to North California. Like I want to yeah, know the most somebody got paid for that. Like, so the most I've ever paid a carrier. They actually this hazmat is the most I've ever paid on a carrier. Period. 
Yeah, the um, most I've ever made on a single load was a minus uh, 10. So, so the most I've ever billed a customer is $14,800. That's the most I've ever billed a customer. Oh, so that oh, was the customer. I got you huh? beat actually. I got you beat too, actually, by two hundred yeah, bucks. We both I got fifteen grand, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. But on that fourteen thousand eight hundred dollars, I paid the carrier I six. Paid the carrier, yeah. I was gonna say. Oh, five, that's five right. I, I did an eighteen thousand dollar load, but I paid the carrier seventeen, I believe, sixteen or seventeen. I made a thousand or two, but they. What the hell like, was eighteen grand, bro? Yeah, it was in September of what? September of last year. It was a Saturday load at the last minute with multi picks, multi drops. Grand on a Saturday. Well, and they deadheaded like two hundred and fifty miles. I couldn't find a truck. I had to find a truck on two hours notice on a Saturday to do a multi pick, multi drop, and oh. it was like four picks, four drops, reefer load but from the northwest to. I don't even know if it was Florida or if it was New Jersey. It was cross country. It was over three thousand, well over three thousand miles. So, so I have regular carriers that that run. I have two carriers. One of them has fifty five trucks, and the other one has about twenty in her hazmat carriers. So, out of these two hundred and fifty loads, only two carriers will haul these, and I'll bill eighty five, eighty two, ten for that Tampa to Fresno, and I'll pay each carrier fifty five hundred bucks roughly, give or take. Jesus, what's up? Do you guys well, talk there, about there the you double go, broker? You see, like that's the whole point. You now we know what you have in the load. It's not gonna change any like it I is can not go, gonna change. I can go find a reefer trailer and get my hazmat certificate Monday morning somehow, and I could call you for that load and I could ask you for eighty five hundred twenty-two dollars, and you're gonna tell me I'm gonna pay you fifty five hundred dollars, sir. Correct. That's the point of this transparency thing. I know what you have in it. But you found the load, you got the shipper, you own that freight at $8,500. And if the carrier wants to get paid $8,500, they need to go get that load themselves and they need to own that freight. Right. And here's something that I'm, it's actually, I'm going to post about this starting January because I'm going to start posting about carriers. What carriers need to do, there are a lot of companies that have never worked directly with a carrier. Millions of them out here, millions. Well, like shippers. And the re shippers, correct. There's shippers that have never worked only with brokers. So carriers are calling these people. Hey, I'd like to run your freight. Well, we only use brokers or whatever they say. I mean, I don't know, but they don't educate the customer. They don't educate the shipper. So the, if I was a carrier and I would obviously start in my backyard, I would say, Hey, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. And if they, I would, like bring my COI. And I would say, well, this is, you know, because if you show just a shipper a, a COI, it's going to be Greek to them. They don't understand. They have no idea. Well, this is what this means. It means that if, you know, you have a claim, my insurance company is going to pay you this. We have commercial general liability that if my freight comes out of the trailer and causes other accidents, you know, this is covered as well. So, you know, to make, to be whole. So you're not, given a bad name if they all of a sudden some lawyer says you know gets you involved in the in 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 the claim or you show up on the news i think a lot of carriers because they don't have a sales force and they don't understand they they understand how to how to move freight they do that very well there's a lot of carriers that do that very well because they don't know how to sell it to a shipper and give them reasons why they should work with them direct I mean, they just they just don't know how to do that. As a carrier, me, 
I'll teach you how to do that. As a carrier, I found a few direct shippers in my life. Um, I used to work for a company based out in New Jersey, right across the New Jersey, New York border. And um, I used to see this one company who would post up freight based out of the same small little like town, New York, New Jersey border that we, we had our, our yard at. And I used to see this broker posting up this freight from that city. And I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, why are we not going to this broker or to the shipper ourselves boots on the ground and just knocking on the door and saying, Hey, mm -hmm. I've already run this load for you one or two times and stuff. Like I, you know, we're all in this together, but long story short, I ended up asking the broker like, Hey, are you guys actually in this city? And they were actually down the street from us. So like we went and had coffee with them and stuff, made a relationship with that broker. Long story short, mm -hmm. I've talked to a bunch of direct shippers that I just call in on DAT and the guys like, Oh, I'm actually the shipper. I thought, oh, cool. I'm the carrier. I have trucks, you know, to deal with this. And we run the freight once nicely and that's it. And the guy just, we stay in touch. And and it's just that simple sometimes, you know? It is. It's it just it, it is. Just talking to the guy. Hey, I have seven trucks located a mile down the street from you. If you have any freight on a Monday or a Tuesday, I will have a truck to, to do it with. And we ran a load or two and everything goes good. And you just stay in touch with them. And I mean, because a, a lot of companies, you know, you've got a you, you've got. So if you start doing a lot of direct cares and it requires a lot of work with internally. So you got to keep up with COIs, make sure that, you know, when it expires that, that you got to you got to have extra AP people. So like if you use so like if you ship 300 loads and you're doing it yourself, you've got to have you got to write 300 checks and you might write 300 checks to 50 different carriers or whatever. So a lot of times companies like the fact that they can use a broker and they only write one check to one broker to one vendor and that's it. So, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of those reasons as well, the why they'll use a broker over a direct carrier. So it's a, it's a point where you just got to go in and sell yourself, educate the customer why you need to use you, that you're fully protected. If there was a claim or something like that, you know, because as a broker, that's what I'm doing. You know, the reason why you use a brokerage is because we have contingent cargo. And that if something would happen when the carrier doesn't pay, guess what? We'll pay. And so things like that. Uh, I don't know what happened. Mm, no idea. Uh, he probably went to go smoke a cigarette or something. I don't know. <laughs> or he has a or he has a carrier. And, and, uh, carrier and I have to figure out. So I did I did this poll today for the uh, how many square yards you can get on the. Um, how many square yards you can fit in a 53 foot swing door trailer. And I got the guy that actually answered that is from Serbia. So I'm not sure how I can door dash lunch to somebody in Serbia. I'll have to get Alex to help me on that. Let's talk about that too. Cause Alex will come back, but like, what's, what's your opinion? Like to me, I don't really care if you're in Serbia, Pakistan, uh, wherever you are, I care like how good your service is. I mean, do you really care about that when you're booking a carrier of where where they're located? Is that a, a big concern of yours? Yeah, but what does that even mean? I think I missed part of the question. I just heard Serbia and Pakistan. And that's well, that's what you get for leaving. Let let John yeah. answer. No, I, didn't you know, I didn't want to interrupt him. Right. Well, well, I mean, here's the thing. I don't care because we're we're in a global economy, right? I don't I don't care. My wife's brother-in-law goes to China and does business all over the world. It's not a big deal, but I will ask, and usually I'm right hundred percent of the time. Um, I'll say, are you overseas? Or are you here local in the United States? And they'll say, you know, I'm overseas. I, I don't care 
because I know that's very common. But again, I can only imagine like these bigger brokerages because five or ten percent of my freight actually hits the board. You know, it, it, there's not a lot that hits the board, but you know, it, it's one of those things where I I don't care, but I always vet a carrier, and I, I say this, and this is probably like the most most perfect thing, one of the perfect things ever. Vet the carrier like they're going to watch your children. You know, just don't ask them when they're empty and blah, 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 blah. I, I just really ask a lot of questions. Are you overseas? Yes. Are you going to answer the phone? Yes. Will the driver answer the phone? Yes. Does the driver speak English? Yes. You know, I, I ask a lot. I just ask it, when is he going to be empty and what's he doing? Yeah, I go into asking more details, but I also give more information. Like I said in in, in the, you know, you know, prior here, you know, you have overnight truck parking. It's a good place to load. It's a horrible place to load. You might get paid detention. You might be there four hours. I, I pick up in Arlington, Texas. It's a crapshoot. Sometimes you're in and out in 45 minutes. Sometimes you're in and out in seven hours. And I will tell a carrier that. Because yeah. why? Because if I tell them, they won't call me at two hours and bitch at me. Because I've loaded, I loaded it up front. And yes, I'll pay you detention if you're on time. You know, I, I'm, I'm just really transparent with the carriers. The only thing that I would probably that anybody on this in that, that watches this, listens to this, even the it, the the guy that the Boston guy that apparently my pictures plastered all over every most wanted poster in the United States <laughs> is I protect my money. That's all. That's the only difference. Other than that, I'm a pretty cool guy. I mean, I just don't see what's the debate. Um, I mean, I get the debate uh, with overseas operations and stuff like this is that there's fraud and that there's double brokers. I get that. You know, I understand that. What my question is in that debate is I, like, we'll get into this since Matt wants to get into I want to get into it, too, just like because I don't know if anybody even like is listening to this guy. This guy is all over LinkedIn calling me a double broker. And just because for the fact that I said I'm living currently in Serbia and I spent 85, 90% of my life as a Canadian citizen living in Canada. And mm -hmm. I came here for, for vacation. I just have some elderly grandparents. I stayed, you know, for, for a longer than I thought I would. It doesn't affect my job, like where I'm at in the world currently. I could be in the Bahamas. I could be somewhere sitting, you know, in China. Um, I have the same internet, the same phone, the same access to my email. Um, I don't see the issue with outsourcing stuff or like having people working overseas when the, like the carriers that's an American company with an American truck with a driver sitting in it that's legal to be in America sitting in it. And I don't understand what's the hate when it comes to like outsourcing staff. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's done it. Guys, call Comcast. If anybody has Comcast in Xfinity, they're not in America, I promise you. I mean, and, and, and call T-Force Freight. T-Force. Call T-Force. They're in the Philippines. And the guy, the lady will answer the phone and she'll say, oh, thank you for calling T-Force Freight. This is Lydia. May I help you? Your name is not Lydia. Your name <laughs> is not Bob. It, it, and yeah, I, you know, I mean, you know, I don't care. Bro, this is the problem. It's that Americans, like my mom's American, so I have some skin right. in the game to talk about Americans. My mom is born and raised in California. Um, she's an American citizen. And as a, like, I'll give you this example yesterday. And I think America is, in my opinion, I mean, I'm not well versed on the rest of the world, but Americans are, there's a lot of racism over there, man, compared to Canada, mm. compared to, you know, completely just compared to Canada. Canada is a melting pot. 
And you can't be racist over there because every country in the world lives there. But Americans are a lot more racist, man. And if your name, if you just have your name, your birth, birth given name, and it happens to not be Tom or, you know, Liz or Mary, you're going to have to work harder and you're going to be discriminated against by Americans. And you could be living in America and be an American citizen. But as soon as they see that name or that last name, they are going to treat you differently. And that's 100%. I had a driver who doesn't speak great English yesterday. This was, I think, yeah, yesterday. We got stopped by DOT. This guy does not speak fantastic English. Like, he speaks enough English. I talk to him, hey, what's up, man? Go to this pickup or in this paper. But his English, you can obviously tell he's not born and raised in America. The DOT officer stopped us and wasted our entire day because there was air missing in the tire. And when the shift change happened, the other guy said, here's your keys. You're free to go. Like, just go, go to the next truck. There is blatant discrimination and racism in America, especially in this industry, towards anyone that's not a typical, typical American name, you know? So we got to, like, stop ripping on people for okay. saying, I'm Bob, I'm okay. Jim, I'm this. I, I, I have a customer in West Virginia that I, that doesn't like drivers he's, that doesn't speak English. I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and you'll see, and you'll see some loads posted every now and then, you know, that says, um, you know, driver must speak English. I, I do medical loads for Concordance Healthcare. These are, uh, they go to a government facility. My rate con is like, I mean, it's the same carrier, but my, I still protect myself. So the rate con is like five paragraphs long and, but, but no green cards must speak English. Yeah. You know, it, it, but but it's going on to a federal secured base. You know what I mean? And no, I mean those. Loads, I completely agree with those type of loads. Um, the the point is that like you know we're all ripping on these people for for using fake names, bro. You're in a racist country. You're gonna be discriminated against. People are not gonna give you freight. It's just easier to say, yeah, bro. My name's Jim. And my name's not Jim. My name's you know whatever it is, but. It's just that's that's an America problem, bro. And there could be people in America with those names getting discriminated against and free. Like that's an America. Sure. I mean, not I, to change the subject, but look at Mark's comment. Was that a Bud Light? I just responded. Yeah, yeah, I already mentioned this. I so, thought that was so Mark, so so Mark and I talk, and my team with my client, we talk, you know, ten times a day. Mark, your uh, those Bentleys better be. Uh, uh, one time trucks better be there because we run three. We're running three Californias back out to the East Coast today. But yes, that is Bud Light. That's what I have, and um, I, I'm proud of it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm proud. Of it. I don't know. American beer I've heard is not the best. Uh, Canada has better beer. Oh, oh no, it's like motor oil, especially overseas. That's like 10 W30 beer over there. So. <laughs> I want to just put this up quickly. Uh, I told him if he made a meme, I'll put it up. It's kind of funny, bro. Like, he's been using my name a lot for these memes. and uh, I mean, I told him I'd put him up. He made me laugh with that one. But also, I want to get back to that double broker thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I've been asked this many, many, not about being a double broker, but I don't know if people understand, like, what do I do? I put my job title. I'm the dispatch manager at a carrier company. I'm the in-house mm -hmm. dispatch manager for a carrier I work for one carrier. I book loads for our trucks and deal with our drivers. And that is what my job is. And I'm not a broker. I do not broker freight. 
every single load that picks up is under my MC number that I put freely everywhere for everyone to see. You can search on my company. I don't know why people still don't understand what I do. I've had people say, maybe he's a carrier. Maybe he's a double broker. He lives in Serbia. He must be double brokering. I dispatch my fleet of trucks five to six days a week. And that is the only thing that I do. And the guy who's been saying this about me works as an agent for SunTech. And I just so this like I have a SunTech load in my truck right now. And he's telling me I'm a double broker. Nobody's going to work with me. And I have his load in my truck. Did you tell the SunTech? Is your MC MC number 1120987? Yes, it is. You've hauled 197 loads within the LDI agent network with no problem. We've. Yeah, no problem. Really, and to be exact, really me back about you know four months ago, you greenlit our company. Yeah, we're, we're a yeah, legitimate absolutely. operation, and yeah. I'm just the dispatch manager for that operation. And I Did just put a manager happen. title on you. What? Do you have a manager title? Yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit funny because uh, the amount of employees that I manage is basically zero. Um, I'm just there. <laughs> I'm just basically the manager hey, of myself and my drivers. But I'm the director of business development. I don't manage anybody either. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll get there. I had I used to have one or two or three dispatchers under me. Um, you know, that was the process. Being managers tough for people, but now I just wanted to bring light to that. Like John just showed you, my yeah. MC number's clean. I haul loads on that MC number. Yeah, yeah you're clean has my decal on it it's my registered truck like i don't know how people can can assume i'm double brokering because i live in a country that's not america for the time being temporarily can we we just be real too for a second i mean there's a lot of haters on on linkedin i mean all three of us have different different groups of people that don't like us Uh, so i mean you can't make everybody happy especially when you're producing content you're I mean, it's funny. Alex and I joke. There's people that message me and say, why aren't you tougher on Alex on the carrier (laughs) side? Why do you let him get away with this? Blah, blah, blah. Then there's people that message Alex saying, what are you doing with Matt as a partner? You need to this, this, and this, this, and this, and like opposite messages all the time. It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I mean, it's to clear the air that my company Mm. is a legitimate business. We are not double brokering freight. We have our trucks and that's it. Look, we, I mean, this is fun. I, sales is fun. I'm a sales guy. It's fun. I love to be in the trenches. That's, that's where I belong. Um, I, I have a, I have a great time with this. I have a great time with you guys. Um, we, we've all three here, not always agreed, but you know, uh, it, it, it and like I said, it, it, it's, it's not us versus them. And, and I said this to you a little bit last night, Alex, but you know, you, there, so there are people that I'm friends with that used to be carriers and used to be truck drivers. Now they're brokers, and um, if you know, there's a beer, I'm smoking a cigarette. I can. Yeah, there, there. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being greedy. It's there's nothing wrong with being greedy. I, because here's the thing, and, and I, like I said. If I didn't pay the right rate to move the freight, my freight wouldn't get moved and I would be fired by my clients, every one of them, if I didn't move the freight. So, I, I you know, I, and again, I'm just, this is for me, I'm fair. If Alex, me and you ever do business, we'll be fair. I might just give you a load just for the hell of it. I mean, I mean, yeah, out of, out of Georgia. Just, just so I can yeah, just, get on the board. Just, just, so just, just right. Hey, you, you know what? It'd probably be some great PR for me. But 
you know, the, hey, the fact is drivers. So my fleet's expanding. I'm going to be able to service more freight in, in the coming days, weeks. So. Sure. You know, I, you know, uh, the lane you run is a, is a cheap lane for me. I got, I got, I got a stack of business cards that thick with people running. That yeah. Lane. By the way, John, uh, asked me about a lane and his leading, into that conversation was this is my cheapest lane that I have, and I, and think, I was well, honest, really right? selling me on it, John. Like, real, real, good, real good sales there, John. <laughs> well, you know me. I'm so so. Run, I mean, run it. I mean, three oh. I mean, right now, three oh seven two one to Chicago. I mean, I mean Chicago. I mean to Chicago last night, and it ended in the summary of. Nobody's putting food in your fridge. Nobody's going to put the roof over your head. At a certain point in business, the owner-op has to be a businessman. The, the broker Absolutely. Man, at the end of the day, all of us are here to feed our families and, you know, support ourselves. But at the end of the day, like me and John agreed, you have to treat every person you, you, you know, bump into along the way with respect and fairness, uh, you know. But yeah. human nature I mean, for you, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it's, I mean, I, I, there was a short period of time. I thought about buying a couple trucks. Yeah. Don't do that. Right. Oh, no. I, I absolutely. I yeah. <laughs> shoot me. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I mean, but you know, they, there was a time I had thought about it, but, um, the, after headaches, friends that in the business, um, you know, the, the broker life is definitely a great thing. Right. Um, I do more niche. My service goes beyond A to B, it, it, even though that's my job, A to B, right? I mean, I, I I do. I mean, like I got orders since we've been on here. I got to, you know, my customer just sends me like they don't have a logistics manager. I have clients that just send me like an SO and he just says, go get these French fries. You know what I mean? So, oh, here's a carrier. Hold on. Thank you for calling. This is John. How may I help you? Hey, 36% John. Hello, it's John. May I help you? <laughs> I uh, guess I guess the freight's okay. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. go to uh let's uh let's end it for this week because uh all right, take care. Uh, no, 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 five more minutes. We got five more minutes because we didn't touch on one thing that I wanted to ask John about. I mean okay, we can open our setting. John, do you call drivers if the dispatcher slash carrier is answering your calls and emails? Do you call the driver? So, so I I always call the dispatcher first because you don't Fair. know if the driver's sleeping, driving, right on his break. Oh, which which? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you for oh, calling, this is John. How may I help you? <laughs> uh, picks up first come first serve hey, till four thirty. Delivers till 5.30. You can deliver it Tuesday or Wednesday. It is a load of flour, 41,500 pounds. And I run it three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, like clockwork. I want to hear the price. I, you know what? So, obviously, you you called me, so you got to play your cards first. <laughs> Bro, they don't even know they're on a live podcast. <laughs> To receive till five thirty. So if you load it on Monday, if you can, if the driver keeps his left door closed, he can deliver it Tuesday by five thirty or Wednesday morning up to him. Ma'am, we are oceans and miles apart at twenty four hundred, and if that's where you need to be, I'll respect your rate. But me and you will not be able to do business this time. 
ma'am, I'm again, we're at $2,400. There's no point in me and you negotiating if you need $2,400. So, so, so the market, the, the market is I'll, I'll pay market rate. So you see the same data that I do. So if that works for you at $2,000, mean you'll do business today. That is correct. Ma'am, I, I, I don't give you my second best rate. I give you my best rate. $2,000 is my best rate. I do not negotiate off that number. If that works for you, great. If it doesn't, ma'am, I said two. If 21 works, if, if you need 21, unfortunately, we can't do business this time. Maybe we can do business next time. Absolutely. Let me check your MC. What's your MC number? It's just gonna be like some double. <laughs> hey, we gotta use this one, as a clip. So as what our, is that number again? Very short. Uh-huh. Eight four three. So that's one one three seven eight four three. Is that correct? That two grand, I'd be surprised. I wanted to talk about that dispatcher thing too. Santa Freight out of Bensonville, Illinois. For like forty minutes. And where's the driver? You've done three loads for us, so you're okay. Uh, sixty Wait. trucks, three inspections. Let me take a look at something else here. You made me miss uh, the carrier's name. I gotta, I gotta manually override you. Where's your truck delivering at on Monday? I'll be back. Okay, then. so and he can make and he can make four thirty with no problem, correct? Okay. So I'll tell you what, I gotta get you overridden, which won't take but about three or four minutes. Um, is there a good number I can call you back at? And then we'll just go ahead and book this. But I'm firm at two thousand, so me and you gotta be good with that two thousand number. And I'll get you overridden. I'll call you back and we'll get you booked up for Monday. How's that? Th that's fair enough. So if your if your driver agrees to the two thousand dollar number, you and I will do business. If not, I, I do thank you and you have yourself a great weekend. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Hey, what was that carrier's name? Matt decided to talk right at that moment. Uh, Santa Freight, S A N A Freight, out of Bensonville, Illinois. Is it MC number one one three seven eight four three? You are correct. Yeah, that's a friend of mine. I know those people. I know exactly so, who told so me. She, so, so, so it was a lady, and she said she's going to talk to the driver and call back. So she started at twenty four, so then she I went actually, to twenty two, then she went to twenty one, and you know I we're going to stay at two. That exact company, man. That's actually because I, I thought that's what you said. I thought that's what you said. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I know the people there. I know, like, I know everybody over there. So that's actually interesting that that's who called you. What was the lane on that? Because I'm going to go ask them about that. Can Kansas, Kansas to West Virginia. Where? Like, where? Like, what's the exact lane? Hudson, Kansas. Hudson, Kansas to where? Uh, 25082. 25082. Is it 41 or 42,000 pounds? 41,500. Thousand miles to West Virginia. Thousand nine. Well, that's thousand sixteen. Like, yeah, but oh, Hudson, Kansas. Yeah, it's in the oh. middle of nowhere. Population forty three. Oh, bro, that's that's a fair. That's like driving. That's such a fair load. See, yo, I don't know how anybody's gonna say John's ripping people off when I know the carrier personally, and I know John personally. I just watched a carrier that I know negotiate a load with John live in front of me. And I'm looking at the lane, and that that's a bomb out of there. Like you're not gonna find a two thousand dollar low thousand miles from that. No, because because if you look, 
because I know my market. So there's a there is a Zanesville, Ohio posted, which is the Dollar General. That if you're late at Dollar General, you might wait two or three weeks to get uh, to get unloaded. So there's a Zanesville Dollar General load that comes out of there very close to Hudson, Kansas. And see, I'll use that as leverage. I'll say, well, you can, there is also a load going to Zanesville. It pays four hundred dollars less than mine. So why would you want to take? Why would you want to take? You know, so I, I know the bent because my freight has to move because it's it's flyer production for a big for a big franchise, right? So it has to move. So I'm paying a fair rate. Dude, you don't understand the coincidence of me personally knowing that carrier that just called you, and right. it's it's past four o'clock. They, they usually no nobody works past four o'clock. So. Sure. Sure. But anyways, let's get back to that that thing just quickly, John. You call the dispatcher, the carrier first. You only call I the did. driver. If, if I have to, if the carrier does not answer the phone. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's supposed and, to be. And I'll, and I'll actually start with a text message. Hey, this is broker John. You're doing the load from point A to point B. Just want to make sure you're, scheduled, you're on time scheduled pickup. About 80% of the time they'll respond. Uh, if they don't respond, then I'll pick up the phone and give them a call. If they don't respond, I actually send them a message and say, hey, I'm the broker, not a bill collector. Pick up the phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Matt, what do you think? You, I think you said it too. You don't call the driver unless the carrier is not. Oh, answering. unless the dispatcher isn't. Uh, yeah. That's I mean, why. That's, I mean, the thing. that's the thing. I everybody took my post and just started dumping on me, bro. If you like call my phone or you send me an email, I will either answer that phone, call you back, or send you an email within less than ten minutes of you reaching out to me. Every single time, usually less than five minutes. I have no problem with people talking to my drivers what i have a problem with is brokers being sneaky offering my drivers reloads putting in their head they can make two grand to go to connecticut on a friday delivery and now i can't pull him out of there and he's dead set he has his heart on it. he's the owner up he's the boss i have to book on that load brokers have no business calling the drivers unless you know the the carrier's not doing their job and I sympathize with that. If the carrier is not holding up communication, of course, you're going to call the driver. Of course. But I think that's a good place to end. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, but I never I, if that lady wore me out, I want to say this and wanted me to play my cards first. We're not going to do it like we're not we're not getting there. Right. You will yeah, play your cards. First. I made I forced her to play her cards. I forced her to give me a number. Because that allows me to know what kind of negotiate where I what I need to say next, depending on negotiation. I mean, some people have hit me at three grand on this. You know what I mean? And I'm the only guy that runs that lane. I guarantee you, I'm the only guy on this planet that runs that lane. I'm the only guy that does it, right? So I know exactly what it takes, what it takes to move it, exactly to the penny. Because I'm because if I didn't move it, I'd got fired four years ago. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I think it's just funny because I know the person that just called you and I'm going to go like show her this video and she's going to be like, like she's going to laugh that that was done like live. Well, tell, well, tell, her, tell her it's a fair rate and if she calls me back, plus I'll answer my phone. Oh, if she oh, calls me John, two, Bud Light, two Bud Lights in rate. That, that was his two mm. Bud Lights in rate. Three. Oh, yeah. Three. Well, we'll have to do this again, again, guys. It was, uh, it was fun as Perfect. always. Um, Absolutely. Take care, guys. Peace. Yeah. Uh, peace. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Uh, I see you have. Oh, okay. I guess uh, Matt's left us hanging. He has uh, obligations uh, to not end the show with me, you know, professionally.
it's always like a broker to uh, leave a carrier hanging. So I guess we'll wrap up episode 13. Have a good weekend, everybody.